Over the past 13 months, many have compared the pandemic life to the movie Groundhog Day. The movie follows a man played by Bill Murray who finds himself reliving February 2nd again and again. As lockdowns went into place without travel, commutes, or classrooms, for many of us, the days have felt the same blurring together. How many times have we said again this past year? Working from home or going to school from home again. Unprecedented climate events again. Lockdown again. COVID cases rising again. Again and again, we have needed the assurance that the peace of Christ is with us in a year full of uncertainty and fear and discomfort. And here we are at Easter again. And while the signs of post-pandemic life are starting to emerge as more and more people are able to get vaccinated, we have reached a point of the pandemic many of us never expected, marking annual celebrations and birthdays and milestones and even Easter while still in a state of lockdown again. A recent headline in The Atlantic read, Late stage pandemic is messing with your brain. The article goes on to say that forgetfulness is affecting all of us. Forgetting how to tie a tie or forgetting while we walked into the kitchen, forgetting to bring our lunchboxes to school and even forgetting what day it is. Psychologists say that the reason for this forgetfulness is because of the repetition and monotony that we've experienced as part of this pandemic. Based on everything we know about the brain, two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. We've now been doing this so long that the chronic uncertainty and perpetual stress has created a brain fog of sorts. This is my first so-called pandemic fog, but it feels akin to other experiences that I've had. It's the same way I felt in the days after Columbine and again after 9-11. I've heard others describe this feeling after the death of a loved one or after the diagnosis of a serious illness. I have to wonder if the disciples felt the same way in the wake of Christ's death. Today's gospel reading appears annually in our lectionary, recounting the events that took place the day of the resurrection. Having just witnessed their friend being executed, the disciples are left to make sense of how to live in the aftermath of Jesus's death. Hiding for fear that the same thing that happened to Jesus will happen to them, I imagine the disciples to be gathered in a room filled with a sense of huddled confusion and disorientation, foggy, as they try to make sense of the events that happened that day. When inside that locked room, suddenly a figure of a person appears and he steps forward and holds up a wounded hand and proclaims a word of peace. The disciples let out their breath in one joyful gasp, rejoicing in the sight of a familiar face. But one of the disciples, Thomas, was absent from this happy reunion. When his friends shared the news that they had seen the risen Christ, Thomas refused to believe with his eyes alone, but demanded that he be able to touch and to probe Christ's wounded body. 
Leery of false hopes, Thomas is unwilling to trust the secondhand experience of others. He wants to know, to be sure, of the reality of Christ's resurrection. In one way or another, most of us have been where Thomas and the disciples have been, fearful of false hopes, doubtful of the reality, and so we demand proof and plead with God to show us a sign that God is still there, alive and active, especially in the midst of those places that bring us to the greatest fear and our deepest pains. What this story tells us is that in the midst of being unsettled, in the fog of the fear and the doubt and the desire to know the truth, a need to know that Christ is real and that Christ is with us, Christ appears behind the shut doors. And he not only invites Thomas to see the wounds, he invites him into them. Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and reach out your hand and put it in my side. Jesus's wounds are still open. Those Friday wounds are still there. Even after death has been conquered and the stone has been rolled away and Jesus has been raised from the dead, even after all of that, the risen Christ still bears the mark of his wounds for all to see. As Thomas reaches towards Christ, as he places his hand within the wound that Christ still bears, he is not merely grasping for concrete proof of the resurrection, he is entering into the very mystery of Christ. All of us have wound stories. Some of them are funny. Some are painful. Some of our wounds fill us with pride, while others fill us with shame. Wounds can be physical and wounds can be emotional. Most are personal, and we don't often share these stories with one another. Even with our close friends and family, not only do we not share them, we feel compelled to hide them. Jesus in the resurrection shows us another way. The very thing we try to hide, Jesus exposes. We struggle to hide our woundedness as a sign of weakness, and yet the risen Christ bears it all out in the open. In inviting Thomas to experience the wounds, he invited him into the trauma and the grief, into the betrayal and the courage and the pain and the love and the suffering that Jesus had experienced on the cross. Shelley Rambo is a theologian who also works in the field of trauma, and she says that resurrection isn't so much about life overcoming death as it is about life resurrecting amid the ongoingness of death. By returning again and again to Christ's woundedness, we discover ways to live with our own. Jesus' wounds are not simply remnants of a past suffering. They mark the beginning out of which new forms of life arise. And wearing his wounds, even in his resurrection, he confronts us with our own and calls us to move through them into new life. Our fears may drive us behind locked doors, but just as we can't keep Jesus out, we're not to stay there either. Again and again, Jesus breathes the spirit of peace on his fearful disciples and commissions them for a ministry in the Easter church. The crucified and risen Christ, 
challenges us to discern how our, how our wounds will serve as doorways that lead us through our own pain and into a deeper relationship with the wounded world. As we move into this Easter season, as Easter people, we are invited into these questions. How do we see the wounds of Christ and the wounds of the world? How might we be called to reach out into these wounds, not to wallow in them or to become overwhelmed by them, but to help turn them into doorways that draw us deeper into Christ? May that Easter truth infuse our lives with courage, our church with courage, and our world with courage. For the Lord is risen, and risen with those wounds still there. Our woundedness, the woundedness of creation, still matters to God. And for this, we give thanks. Amen.